World War I had been raging for three years by the year 1917. During this time, the Norwegian Nobel Committee held firm that no peace prize would be awarded so long as the world was still at war. That would just not look good, nor would it feel good. But that was about to change. Hi, I'm Chris May, host of This Day in Weather History, a podcast from the Weather Network in Canada. After three years of war, the Norwegian Nobel Committee, who had held firm on their policy in the year 1917, awarded a Nobel Peace Prize. That went to the International Committee of the Red Cross. This day in weather history. This is actually a very moral and ethical thing to consider. From the start of the First World War, the Nobel Committee had decided not to award its annual Peace Prize, stating officially that there simply were no worthy candidates nominated. That actually should go without saying. I mean, think of it. If the world was still actively fighting and killing and or supporting the fighting and killing, there is no way anybody was worthy of a prize for any world-changing kind of peace. But then in January of 1917, a past winner of the Nobel Peace Prize and now a prominent lawyer, a Professor Louis Renault, nominated the ICRC for that year's prize. Professor Renault was awarded the Nobel Peace Prize in 1906 for his role in the extension of the Geneva Convention to include warfare at sea. But now he was also the current president of the French Red Cross and worked closely with the secretary of the Nobel Committee, Ragnavald Moe, during the pre-nomination process. But he was not alone in his nomination of the Red Cross. Separately, the government of Switzerland had also nominated the ICRC, whose caregiving and life-saving crews were based in Geneva. The Red Cross were recognized for its critical and groundbreaking work during what was a brutal, ugly, and terrifying war. They established the International Prisoner of War Agency. This was a concept that provided some relief to soldiers who had been captured by enemy forces. They actually worked to set up communication between the prisoners and their families back home. They also praised its efforts to transport wounded soldiers to their home countries via neutral Switzerland. Now, the site relief efforts is what most of us have come to know this group for, but the concept of going literally into enemy land and into where prisoners of war were being held in order to try and make their lives just a little more tolerable is absolutely mind-blowing. I could not see that happening today anywhere for any reason. During World War I, hundreds of Red Cross volunteers worked in Geneva and in the field during the war. It was a massive task, but one they were creating on the go, as this was an unprecedented time in human history. But then again, the Red Cross is always where unprecedented events of destruction and human suffering are taking place. It's just what they do. At this time, however, they were directing international inquiries to military commandants and hospital officials alike in order to find information about loved ones overseas who were serving. Families back home would have had zero idea where their missing heroes were. So whether they were prisoners or among the wounded, the Red Cross sent more than 800,000 communiques to families by June of 1917. This was not the first, nor would it be the last, that the Red Cross would be honored by the Nobel Committee for its global humanitarian work. Its founder, Henry Dunant of Switzerland, was awarded the first ever Peace Prize in 1901. The Red Cross organization would go on to claim the prize twice more by the end of the century in 1944 and 1963. To the Red Cross, this world would simply not be the same without you.
Thank you for all you do abroad and here at home when the weather gets so out of control that we crumble and cower and need help to survive and recover. Whether it's a tsunami, a volcano, an earthquake, wildfire, a landslide, tornado, or hurricane, if the human suffering is too much for any one government to effectively handle and alleviate, you can always count on the Red Cross to be there. Every time you see events like this on television, like the ones I just listed here, you will always see in the cleanup and recovery those baby blue vests with that big white square on the back with the big red cross emblazoned in the middle. They are there so we can live on. And they were recognized for their ingenious initiatives and hard work during the Great War, World War I, this day in weather history. Tomorrow is December 11th, and we're going to tackle the most hotly debated topic in Toronto. No, not who is the greatest all-time Toronto Maple Leafs player. Not even I will get into that tar pit of opinions. No, this is the question of, what was the worst snowstorm ever in the city? And remember that tomorrow's episode also features a podcast video short. You can watch this quick two-minute summary on The Weather Network on television or online anytime at theweathernetwork.com forward slash weather history. They're shot right here in my podcast recording studio and include photos and video from that day's story and right from that day in weather history. So here's what I want you to do right now. Think of what you think is the worst snowstorm in Toronto history and then tweet me your answer at M-E-I-D-A-Y-T-W-N at Mayday T-W-N. Go to Twitter and hit me up there. I can't see anyone getting this one but again who knows tweet at me and we'll see then be listening and watching tomorrow on this day in weather history with me your host chris may